Welcome everyone live from the Dutch Hall. I'm your host Pete Van Dyke and tonight we're going to war with our guest Ryan Vandenbush, former NHL alumni or former NHL enforcer and, and current NHL alumni Ryan Vandenbush. And we also have our bartender as always Paul Van Dyke in the house and the Nocturnal Emissions is a one-man band tonight with Mike Bow on guitar. So let's get this show on the road everybody. Where is Chartas tonight? Chartas is a wall. <laughs> Cheers, everybody. Let's get. Cheers. This is a good show. Travis. Welcome, welcome. Another hot crowd at live from the Dutch Hall Studios here from Pine Grove, Ontario. Tonight we got a great show for you. We have, as well as we have our regular cast and crew of my my trusty bartender Paul Van Dyke, who's here as always. Everyone loves him. Polly, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh wow! And then we also have the Nocturnal Emissions being represented. One short tonight. One short. Uh, the rooster is missing, as always. So, uh, what does that qualify me as tonight, Pete? You are the band leader of, no yes. of, of Nocturnal Emissions tonight in the house. Mike Bow. Mike Bow, let's hear it for him. <laughs> right. Let's hear it for him. Band leader, oh, Charters. Yeah. Band leader. And so replacing Dave Charters, as we always do, we have a real good friend of the show who always fills in when Dave's not around, and that's the soundboard chic. Soundboard Chic, Soundboard do you have Sheik. anything to say to uh, our friend Dave Charters? Rooster Dave, whatever your fucking name is, I want to let you know everybody is here yeah. and you didn't make it. I don't know for what reason. You're young, intelligent man. Uh, otherwise, don't be lazy and dumb son of a bitch. Go fuck yourself. Oh, Chic, Chic, you gotta. Well, it's always good to have you in the house. Thanks a lot for coming in. <laughs> yeah, uh, cheeky soundboard baby. Chic. Yeah, yes. cheeky baby. Great shape. You can always count on soundboard chic to really put the rooster Dave Charters in place. Eh? Yeah. You can. He's always good for that. He's and, honest. Yeah, he's honest, and he, uh, he's also very direct and straightforward. That's what I like about uh, soundboard chic. And uh, I hope you appreciate. Oh, thank you, thank you, chic, thank you. <laughs> so. Um, but tonight, tonight it's the playoffs, and we're right in the middle of the NHL playoffs. So we're 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 calling this one "Going to War" with Ryan Vandenbush. Not because not just because it's a playoffs. The beards are robust. Mm, yes. It's deep, thick into the playoffs now. We've got some. You know, we're we're at now two two. It's a two two series. So we're going deep. We're at least going six games with yeah. the, the for the Stanley Cup. So they can't ask for a better better series than that. No, hopefully seven. Hopefully seven. Yeah. yeah. But uh, so I have to say, uh, now that uh, we are um, in this deep in the playoffs, what are your what would be your predictions? Like Mike, uh, this has got to be tickling <laughs> right, pink, my wheelhouse, right, right in your wheelhouse. Right in wheelhouse. I know how much sports, sports break with uh, with Mike, Mike Bow. Yeah, <laughs> I saw Mike come to life the other the other week when when we mentioned sports, and all of a sudden I saw a little fire in Mike's Something eyes I, know, that I didn't though, see before. It made me so happy to see that. <laughs> I heard that too. Yeah, remember when that happened, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. He really did come alive. Yeah, so, uh, Mike, when you what do you think? What are your pr predictions? If you look at the two teams that are left, Tampa Tampa Bay Lightning mm -hmm. and the uh, Chicago Blackhawks, 
Who, what do you think? What's your analysis, your expert analysis? My, my expert analysis. Well, uh, do you want me to be biased or non-biased? I guess I have to give it to you one way or another. I'd like your biased opinion. My biased opinion is uh, I'm rooting for Blackhawks because I'm a big uh, Taze fan, and I have uh, I have Patrick Kane in my hockey pool. So <laughs> I need him to get some points for me would be great. So Pure, go Hawks. Purely self-serving. Yeah, yeah, very selfish that way. But I think uh, Tampa has earned their stripes big time this playoffs. The big hard skating team that actually has a ton of skill that they're showing now they got guy like the victor headman the big d young d man has played a hell of a playoffs yeah. and what's it's really shown this what's this the deal playoffs. with the goalie why was the goalie not playing last yeah night? he sat out last night they, they won't say of course right they they sloughed it off two games ago saying they didn't know what happened it looks like it's an inner someone his groin left oh he's seat. injured yeah he pushes off to his left side and you can see a grimace on his face every time oh okay but uh yeah he didn't play last game with this vasileski they brought in young guy he was awesome yeah, yeah. great goal very athletic so no, I think it could and go big. either way. To, yeah, big. They're both monster goalies. Like honestly, six, seven, yeah, six, nine. He's only twenty years old, though. Or something, yeah, right? yeah, and he played great last night. Pretty hard to find space in front of a goalie that big. Yeah. Eh? Like, like when you got, take up that much of the net. So, so, like, um, I would have said at the beginning of the series, a lot of people would say Chicago looked deeper, the right. deeper of the two teams yeah. that they they would be have four kind of like solid lines where Tampa was really relying on two big lines, and yeah. then uh, they they even they didn't even have. Uh, they only they double shifted one of their top. Yeah, they call the triplet line because they have like they, seven defensemen, right? I think. Right. Yeah. In the, yeah, they put in seven defensemen and uh, they they set out more forwards. Yeah. Yeah, to let Stamkos double shift exactly. and stuff like that. Exactly. Right? So you'd which think they o- should do over a long series that could work in the Blackhawks' favor though if they're deeper, right? Yeah, but the Hawks got some injuries on D, so it's that's why it's such a balanced series. It could go either way. Those guys are beat up and. Bruised. I mean, I'm sure you know better than I do. The, the, the Hawks, so they, they haven't been at their full potential I don't think, had, in this series at and all. Tay said that last night. Yeah. The guy asked him, uh, have you played your best game? He said, well, we played good tonight, but not even close yet. Yeah. Not even close. So, you know, they're gonna, you're going to see the real Hawks, I think. Uh, I think so, Saturday too. Night. Yeah, like, I, I think both so. both teams are figuring each other out, and the series is just going to keep getting better and better as yeah. it goes on because they're going to they're gonna start figuring each other out, and it's going to become that much more of a hype. And the price is higher, you know, every yeah, game too. Yeah, so yeah, yeah it's, it's a great. Dog back, fight now, dog man. fight, totally back and forth, and yeah. that's hockey, man. Close games too, no blowouts. Yeah, yeah, it's good for the it's good for the game. I think that I don't know if the well Chicago's a big market and stuff, but Tampa, I don't know if that's the best for the game to have a, a Florida team in the final. But well, that being said, the hockey's good. I, I think yeah. it's like uh, Florida's more of a volatile market, right? So whenever a team like that is doing very well in the playoffs, it gets more kids watching it and makes more awareness in, into that state. Therefore, you know, it makes hockey better long term. So it's always nice to see those teams do well and go deep. But I'm definitely with the Hawks. So yeah, yeah, and uh, it's pretty hard for you to cheer against your alma <laughs> yeah. mater, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that's pretty biased. They, they 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 bought me a pretty nice house. <laughs> they so, did okay, yeah. right? Yeah, great, <laughs> great, great team, great team. But yeah. do you think? Uh, Thanks. Bushy, now he's gonna get my medical medical bill paid for. I'll be happy. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that ties in with uh, how uh, L.A. has evolved and you see like young kids getting drafted in the end from oh. California? you think it's the same kind of – you know, with Florida right now, there's yeah. going to be kids saying, I want to play hockey, Dad. Like, they got a great system in uh, in California. They're, they're really working with the grassroots, the young kids that yeah. are, you know, just starting to play hockey. And, 
And they actually had their first uh, kid from California play for the San Jose Sharks not that long ago. Right. He grew yeah. up in California, yeah. California boy. So yeah, that's, that's neat to see. Pretty neat, eh? Yeah. But uh, what's happening is while they knew nothing about hockey way back in the day, like their system as, uh, at the grassroots level was not really a system. So right. a lot of guys who who deserve a lot of credit for that is guys like Rob Blake and Nelson Emerson. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've been in there and they worked with the youth and, and they put in some new systems in place and they got some really good programs for the coaches to run. Cool. And uh, you're really seeing it because they're bringing their their age kids over to uh, Canada and right. other Buffalo and areas like that, and they are kicking butt. Yeah, yeah, that's what you hear. Like these te- teams bringing in the tournaments that these American teams are kicking ass. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, when you when you really look at it, like, and you look at hockey in the world, you know, like the any the uh, the countries that are involved in hockey. There's maybe what six to eight or whatever countries that are really big time into hockey, mm-hmm. right? Uh, can, Canada, like population-wise, Canada is like one. I think maybe the second or third biggest. Oh no, yeah, Russia be bigger, uh, but like uh, Canada is amongst the same population as the rest of them, right? Where United States, you know, they, their pool of athletes is yeah, it's huge. so huge. It's ten times larger than ours. If yeah. they, the more people that put their kids concentrating on becoming good at hockey rather than becoming good at football or Bas- baseball or yeah. basketball or whatever yeah. else yeah. that they would like to do, they're gonna. They're going to become better and better. They have so much more to pull from. So, like, yeah, be aware. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. Oh, it's going to be that sure. much harder yeah. for like in yeah. Canada. It's a culture, you know. We we sleep and breathe hockey and put our kids in it from like the time they're able to walk, they can skate, kind of thing. Right. And uh, but in the states, if they if they they're that passionate about sports, period, you know. So if they decide to focus that energy on hockey, on hockey, mm-hmm. they're going to be doing it with the same, oh, yeah. th- this, you know, just as intensely as we are, you know. So we should uh, expect them to be just as good as we are, or ten times better. <laughs> that that yeah. time is pretty much here. It's here. Yeah, yeah. they got some pretty, pretty sick players. Yeah. Ja- that Jack Eichel coming in is he's going to be something else too. Who's he with? Uh, well, he's going to be drafted this year. It's him and McDavid are the big two guys oh, coming yeah, yeah, in. Yeah. So. yeah, didn't Don Cherry every year he does that, like, where he, he, he did, has yeah. all the kids over. and Like the top five Yeah, from the – from like the, usually it's from the Memorial Cup, isn't it? Or something? Well, they're just from the either the, the CHL or uh, NCAA. The, yeah. Just, and this time he had a bunch of American kids, didn't he? Well, it just happened to be. It was just what we're talking about. It just yeah. happens to be a bunch of American kids because they're talented kids yeah, yeah. through the ranks so it's a shift i think that you're going to see like the the u.s program is going to keep getting stronger and stronger you absolutely know? yeah but at least they're playing the same brand of hockey that we play so it's kind of mm-hmm. nice to watch even yeah. if the i'd rather see them doing it than like uh russia you know doing their brand of like um uh, i don't know i would hate to see jamaica get into hockey i'd love to see I think it'd it, be yeah. amazing yeah I'd love they, to see it. they'd be the best athletes for that probably oh, super got fast Fast, fast, big, strong, yeah, tough, yeah. weak ankles, skilled. You know, you're gonna have it all. <laughs> hey, all right. I was, I was. This is a totally aside before we get into the real show, which we will properly introduce our guest later in a bit. But okay. I wanted to say, I was at a grocery store today, and uh, I was checking out. You know, like I had to buy a few grocery items, and then I was uh, going through the checkout, and the woman was very friendly. But you know how you, you got to pack your own bags now. You know, you have to pack your groceries in your own bags. So I put them down the aisle. I got my bags that I brought from from home, and then I'm, uh, the lady checks me out. and I pay for it, and then she says thank you, and I, I said or and I say thank you. You're welcome, or whatever. You know, you, niceties. And then she's like, okay, um, have a nice day. Goodbye. You know, and I'm like, goodbye. And then we're finished our goodbyes, but I still had to load all my groceries. 
so I felt really rushed, like I got to get the, get out of there. You know what I mean? And she was shooting you. But there was no one in line. There was no one behind me. There was no. She didn't I like had, the way you smelled. I had no. I had nowhere <laughs> she to didn't be. Like to cut at your jib. But I was like, all of a sudden, I found myself like furiously loading my groceries as quickly as I could because I was done the conversation. So I did standing around with just became awkward. So I was like, you know, really had a rush to get it in the bag to get out of there, eh? And then I saw her in the parking lot afterward because she had nothing to do either. She was just going to get carts, oh, right? I thought maybe she was hacking a dart out there or something. Well, maybe, that would have made more sense to me because then it would be a reason why she had to shoot me out. But it was she was just trying to be nice, but she was nice too fast. She should have slowed down the goodbye, you know, like yeah. give me a chance to load my groceries. She's anxious. But I, I could have just took Rookie. my... T- <laughs> Yeah, have you ever done that? Like, dude, you oh, know, I know exactly how you feel. Yeah, that feeling yeah. where it's yeah. like, I gotta get the fuck out of here. Yeah, she's yeah. rushing me out. I don't, and now I'm just standing with a stranger, yeah. and it's awkward, you know. So yeah. they have to load fast to get your groceries out of there. I like when I get my groceries. I like to just like put my head down and try to pretend that I don't know see or know anybody in there. Like I went at a midnight eh, one time. Just put headphones in, had a nice listen to music. It was the best grocery shop ever. Oh, that's a really good idea. I never yeah. thought about just putting on music or something. Just block just, everybody oh, else out. Do you go grocery shopping, Paul? <laughs> yeah, all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I can see you strolling yeah. down the aisle. I can't stand it. I get too much stuff. Well, I have to, so. Yeah. <laughs> or else I don't eat. So. I don't go You either. can't go when you're hungry. <laughs> you, you go, though. Oh, yeah. I full-time grocery shop. Yeah? Yeah. I really? do the other shop and ain't cooking. Really? Good for you. Paul's a man of the 90s. He's he a very versatile. Awesome. Yeah, ladies, he's taken. Hard day on the roof. Yeah, that's right. He's, he's taken. This is my awesome. bartender. Yeah, I cook every night when I come home. And you're a good cook, too. Oh, I love it. Yes, that's you awesome. are, actually. Like Both that. you guys are. Wish I didn't have to work. Yeah. Just cook. Just cook. Right. Imagine the cook you'd be. You get rained out, I just come home and cook. Yeah. It's great. <laughs> Kids come home, oh. Yeah, what you got to do is you job. just got to like uh, serve all the uh, offshore laborers that are working all around you. you put a, just get <laughs> your barbecue going. Yeah. Cook some jerk chicken out in the back uh, porch there, Paul. Yeah. No problem. You got a little business. Get the kids working for the summer. Spencer will ra- round them up, eh? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He'd be a good carnival barker, your son, eh? Oh, yeah. I could see him sitting on, his, on, his, on an old milk crate somewhere, you know, like <laughs> just barking. Yeah, just getting you in. <laughs> Sucking people in. Yeah, yeah. Come on here and see those woman with two heads. You know? <laughs> hey, pretty lady over there. Right on. That kid's hilarious. Well, I think it's about time we properly introduced our guest tonight. Today, right. today we are very fortunate to have with us a f- uh, former NHL great. Oh, stop. <laughs> Great. Former Hell yes. Yeah. I, I call myself a grocery stick. <laughs> He's played for the uh, New York Rangers, the Chicago Blackhawks, and the Pittsburgh Penguins, as well as being uh, honored as. A, did you have a lifetime achievement or like a Hall of Fame for the uh, for the for the uh, St. John's Maple Leafs? Did you get a, an uh, he, award of some sort? Yes. Yeah, one of the all-time favorites there. Yeah. All-time the favorites of the St. John really? Maple Leafs. Sweet. Our guest tonight. Ryan Vandenbush. So, Ryan Vandenbush, thank you very much for coming. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for having me, Pete. I'll play it right to the end. Right to the end. There you go. <laughs> I, I, I have to say, your 75th show with your wife, I really enjoyed listening to that. I oh, that was... that's finally, that's the, fir- that's the first good piece of feedback we got on that episode was the, from you and uh, your wife tonight. Saying, really? saying I enjoyed it. They enjoyed that episode. The Haitian Dwarf was not a fan of it. He was uh, adamantly against that episode. He, he listened to it, but he did not like it. He, he, he was Why? against it. Uh, he just found it wasn't funny. He oh, said it wasn't. It just plain old wasn't funny. It was educational. It was funny. He had it all. You know, it all. Um, 
Well, I had you in here tonight, not only because I've been meaning to do this for a while. Uh, you've been on a few, uh, I don't know, what they, they wouldn't call it USO, but you've been on a few uh, like civilian tours of uh, the Canadian Army bases overseas, correct? What would they call it? It's not, in, the, in the States, they call it like USO or something where they have the entertainers go over and stuff. What, uh, do you have a name for the Canadian one? Canadian Forces. Canadian Forces, yeah. like, and, like, is it a tour or something that you go just, with? Just, uh, no, just, uh, yeah, Canadian Forces. Uh, the, uh, some they bring some celebrities down to go boost the morale of the trips, uh, the troops. But uh, there's no special name. No, no, it's not like the USO or the Canadian uh, Entertainment. Team blah, blah, blah. Canada, they called us. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, and so you went. Uh, now you originally, what? How did you get uh, called to be able to do something like this? Well, it, I was at a charity function, and then I was uh, with Bob Probert and, and uh, Mark Napier, the director of the uh, NHL alumni, was standing around us, and, and Proby just got back from uh, one of those trips, and he uh, he looked over at Napes and said, hey, Napes, you got to get Bushy on one of these trips. So basically, it was Bob that got me on. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then uh, 2010, I was uh, invited he, to go. He was a huge part of that. Like He was he was really passionate about that uh, program, wasn't he? Like, oh, Wounded Warriors, yeah. He was a big supporter. Yeah, yeah they fo- I remember watching Hockey Night in Canada one time, and they... F- uh, they focused on Bob Probert's involvement in the, that program. Uh, yeah. Don Cherry did or something like that. I yeah, remember. yeah. No, he's a good supporter of the uh, the military and the troops. And it's one thing that you know we support the troops, but we don't support the war, right? Yeah. And you, so you went over there three three times. We went on three different mission or excursions over there, right? Yeah. 2010 uh, Afghanistan, and then 2011 the following year, and then uh, just recently we were, uh, got invited to go to Kuwait. And uh, we made a pit stop in Sicily, visited the uh, HMCS, which is a big ship, Her Majesty Canadian Ship, I think it's called, cool. stands for it. And then, um, and then we flew over to uh, Kuwait and uh, a couple of air bases there. I wrote down the name somewhere in my notes, but uh, nobody will recognize them anyway, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> hey, did uh, so when you went over there the first time, the very first time you went, 2010, Right, you would how? What would you have known about the military? Like your 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 understanding of what was going on over there and what they were going through would have been at what level? I didn't know much. I I still I still really don't. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, I, I learned a lot. You know, I asked a lot of questions while I was over there. Um, you know, there, it was a twenty four hour travel day. And uh, I'll never forget, we flew into Camp Mirage, just when they had Camp Mirage. And Camp Mirage was just like a landing base, a hub area, call it, um, before you go into the theater, which is where Kandahar Airfield was in Afghanistan. So we, we went, uh, flew into Camp Mirage, and then we jumped on a, uh, a Hercules, which is a, a big, fat plane that's, mm-hmm. that can do tactical landings. And you know, on the way there, we're getting close to our destination, and uh, they kind of briefed us on what was going to happen. And... I don't know why they didn't tell me this in an email like a week before, or else I probably wouldn't have went. But <laughs> they started to proceed with, you know, we're going to be doing a tactical landing and explain what's going to happen. You know, we were all strapped in. We are wearing uh, hard hats and, and the vests and all that kind of stuff. And uh, they say we're going to drop about, and I, I don't know, it was probably 6,000 feet in about six seconds, it seemed like. My, my guts were like in my throat. Wow. And then uh, we did a swooping motion on all the lights were off too, by the way. Really, it's in we, the dark. In the dark, and then and then we did a swooping motion down in, and then we landed it, pretty fast landing. But uh, just to stay away from the rocket launches, right? Right. You never know, because they were getting you know there's rocket launch attacks in Canar Airfield, you know, weekly, weekly. And the base itself is about 15 kilometers square, so it's pretty big. And they have no idea where they're going. Okay. They're just they just have these homemade bombs that are going off, and 
And then as soon as it's coming in the base, you'll hear a big, huge alarm go off. And, you know, there's above ground bunkers outside the bases. Or if, so if you're outside walking around, you just jump in these above ground bunkers. Or if you're in one of your, your dorms or your rooms, you just got to hit the floor. So then, then uh, the the planes go out, or the the guys go out there, choppers, and they they hunt them down, and they shoot them, and they're they're gone. Then they got to be real smart. They started making wicks, and how they made wicks was, they had these barrels of water, and they bought more time, so they put a hole in the bottom of the barrel. So once the water got down to a certain level, it it made a trigger go off. Then that gave them that extra 10, 15 minutes uh, to get the hell out of dodge before the the choppers came out and shot their ass up. Oh yeah, yeah, Jesus. yeah. So it's wow. pretty. So and, wait. Oh, sorry, good keep going. Well, then there's another, like, be- before the lights went out, going back to the Hercules, before we our tactical landing, they are talking about uh, these camel spiders. I don't know if this is a joke or not, but they said you, at nighttime, there's, you know, I got to be aware of some of the species that are in that area. There's, so they're briefing on us. There's tons of briefing going on. Right. And uh, they talked about these camel spiders that would come out only at night, and they would, they would, they would inject... Uh, uh, Venom? A, a venom that would freeze your leg. Oh, yeah. And they, you wake up with half your fucking leg gone in the morning. <laughs> I'm like, what? This is like you're, you're strapped in the plane going down, and they're telling you this shit. Yeah. Holy oh, fuck. No wonder they don't we put it in an email, We had to right? sign a waiver, too, right? in case we died. Christ. So that was oh, a record. <laughs> when did they make you sign that? But, After the uh, spider time? Liabilities, right? Yeah. No, but was, when? When? when oh, they, that, we signed a waiver. Just uh, before you jump out? Like a month before we oh, okay. Well, we only had about a month notice. So it was about two weeks before we Oh, you. this is before notice. you got on the boat. Yeah. Then they tell you what you just signed for. Yeah. Yeah, so it was it was good, you know. It's it's really interesting to, to talk to the guys and to hear their stories. There's so many stories. I mean, mm-hmm. I, we got to talk with the U.S. troops. We mostly hung out with the Canadian troops because that's who we were there for, right. and uh, the Germans and the Brits and the Aussies. And there's all a few more countries. Are there. they all in the same base? Yeah. So the salt, like Canada, airfield, like I said, is 15 kilometers square. It's big. It's huge, like a little city, right? Yeah. In the middle of the desert, and uh, there's Tim Hortons there. A couple of Tim Hortons. Oh, really? Yeah. And uh, so. They hear their they story. They make it like a like a like a little town. Like they built they build all that infrastructure, eh? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So they got their you know their barracks, their campgrounds, and and uh, the Canadians on one side, and the U.S. is occupying you know most of it because they had the most troops there. And um, so you know I, I remember talking to this one uh, lady in particular, and and we were just chat and i said well how long you been on on tour for and she says uh eight months and i'm so excited i get to go home in five days i'm like oh that's and she has a, a husband and uh and, and a couple kids mm-hmm. and then I, I i said well that's awesome you get to see your husband again your kids and I'm like, well my husband's gonna be he's gonna be here in a week i get to see him for about five days when i get home and then he's on tour here so oh, really? they're oh. both involved in the military i'm like oh my god how do you Jesus. deal with that kind of stuff it's crazy yeah. And I could never be away from my kids or my, my wife that long. That's yeah. that's not right. Yeah, that's but anyways, that's you know that's the sacrifice sacrifices that they're making, man. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, pretty sad. But uh, it, it. I don't know. I just think, I know I couldn't do it. You know, like I, I know I, I know for a, like uh, it's like Chris Rock's got a bit where he says like uh, I don't care if there's a tank coming down Flatbush Avenue, I ain't fighting. You know, it, I'm not too far off of that. If there was a person. <laughs> If there was some, if there was a threat on like Pine Grove here, like that, I would start building bombs around the perimeter of my property. You know, like I would figure out how to do it on the internet pretty fast. You know, and I'd start making homemade bombs. Start that's, protecting yourself. That's as far as I go. You know, I, maybe I'd defend my county. Maybe I would defend Norfolk County if like I knew we were gonna get invaded. I'm like, ah, if they're getting to Dover, they'll eventually get to Pine Grove. You know, Close I might go help those boys out in Dover for a bit. 
But I don't know if I'm going to be going too far to help out my country. Like, that's about as far as I go. Well, there's so many roles, though, in the military. Like, a lot of people that are involved in the military, like your Uncle Mike that was here tonight, that we couldn't get his ass on here because he's too chicken to talk. <laughs> well, but, he's got a job to <laughs> yeah. protect, I suppose, yeah. But I wanted to grill him and ask him some questions. Some yeah, it would have been nice. Right? So we did, I, that. We should preface that. Origin, the original plan was to have Ryan talk about his excursions in, the, in Afghanistan and Kuwait and then uh, have my uncle who's who serves in the armed forces to come and, and give the armed, armed forces perspective of it. But, uh, he was too afraid that, uh, it would jeopardize his gig or whatever. Right. That's the same as uh, a lot of people, eh? like charters, eh? Like <laughs> charter charters every week. He sits there and uh, tries to pretend he's a staunch Catholic family man, you know, in order that he can keep his job. Right. And that's, we all know the truth about that son of that dirty, greasy son of a bitch. Right. Sheik. Right. Easy, easy, chic. All right, so, uh, but we were saying, what were we saying about that? You were saying about uh, Uncle Mike? He was here today. You wanted to grill him because it'd be cool to get the perspective of someone over there. But I said, I wouldn't fight. I said, I'm yeah. not, I, I would just be, not, I don't know if I could fit into that mold. It seems like the guys that are in the military are very, uh, they got to fall in line and they got to do whatever it is, whether it makes, uh, sense or not and i'm my, the way my brain works i would just question everything until they would shoot me like there was no way that i would be working in the military like at one day in the military just they would send you back they would sh they would have seen uh, it wouldn't work like my brain doesn't work that way i don't know why i always had some sort of uh interest in the military even when i was a young kid in grade six seven and eight you know they start asking what you want to do when you get older and you as you're going into high school and one of the things i, I said that i wanted to join the military Obviously, hockey took me a, mm -hmm. a different route, but for some, and then when being over there and just seeing how they work and see how efficient they are, like they there's thousands of people, but there's ranks, right? And everyone knows their role and, and, and accepts their rank, and, and they do the best that they can possibly do. Like we had to take down a hockey rink when we were in uh, Kuwait uh, just in January this year, and um, the reason why we had to take down the hockey rink was because we set up an outdoor rink to play ball hockey with the troops, but there was a U.S. barracks right behind us, so we're listening to music and all that, and they just. They had to get some sleep that day because they're going into flight at night, scoping oh. out the mountains and all that. So okay. they said, "You guys got it. You guys are too loud. You move down over there." They had that rink taken down in a matter of ten seconds. It seemed like I just turned my head in, and they really? started, and then I was talking to somebody. I turned back around. It was already set up around the corner. It was like a few words, but to a few people that got it to a few more people, it got to more people, and everyone had a part in it. Efficient. Boom, done. Yeah, it's crazy. Just, <clears throat> whenever knows a role, you can really get a lot done, right? Yeah. Do you think that uh, that ties in with? how you went to hockey like you said you're interested in military that hockey structure eh? structure like you're maybe i didn't have it when i was a kid maybe that's what i was thriving for i don't but know yeah but but yeah that's something knows? you're drawn towards right? yeah a similar kind of yeah thing. and it is there's a lot of parallels i you know you got to work together and, yeah. yeah notwithstanding like just to make it clear we're not saying that uh uh, what an athlete does is important. Oh, is what the military no, no, does. not the important. But there is there is yeah. some analogies that people it's, always make about like going to war, like yeah, let's say yeah. in the playoffs, or or uh, you know the, you got to like uh, you're in the trenches with your teammates and stuff like that. They yeah. use all those war analogies when you're talking about you're sports. Right. But there is some parallels to just the way that you have to uh, know your role That's and right. and uh, right. you know play your position and you Perfect know your role that's right so then the team works and, together to the goal and, and right? you're a team right? right you know the true meaning of a team you know what team stands for i don't know what does it stand for together everyone achieves more there you go <laughs>
<laughs> That's like Gary Busey. You're like it's a like Gary Buseyism. <laughs> You're slow. <laughs> He's morphing into Gary Busey. Come on, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is gonna be great. I think that, that, that it only stands the reason that the future Gary. of the life in the Dutch Hall is gonna be even better if we can keep if we get uh, Ryan to turn into Gary Busey. Yeah, I do it. <laughs> I'll work out. I gotta watch some more movies though. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know what? He didn't need his more head injuries. I think. Yeah. <laughs> you no know, maybe when injuries. you go to the when you go to your uh, motorcycle ride this week. Uh, for the Probert, you're going to the Probert Memorial motorcycle ride, right? You mm-hmm. want to pr- promote that or like? Yeah, no, it's a memorial bike ride for uh, in memory of Bob, and it's uh, raising money for Heart and Stroke Foundation. It's, it takes place in Windsor on Sunday, this Sunday coming up. So yeah, cool. Be, be oh neat. yeah, let's check it out. And uh, so if you want to uh, be a, become a better Gary Busey for the show, I would suggest not wearing a helmet on that ride. <laughs> <laughs> that would that would be the best. Just just ride like the Americans do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, like uh, Roethlisberger. Right? Wasn't he no helmet? The didn't he get a, he got a, he had one of those little crotch rockets. Eh? You know Ben Roethlisberger? Yeah, the quarterback. Yeah, yeah quarterback. He I'm had talking, a little crotch rocket. Yeah, yeah and he was pulled out in front of my thinker. Yeah, and he got an accident. No helmet. Yeah. The guys with like uh, got a lot to lose. No helmet, but no one wore a helmet. Like no. there's not as big on it down there. Eh? Like this don't wear helmets. It was Paulie was just telling us that story last week, right? Yeah, when I rented bikes. Yeah, yeah for helmets, and they looked at me like I was crazy. Bicycles. Like, Bicycles. <laughs> First. <laughs> First time I rode a Harley was in Florida, in Tampa Bay, actually, yep. and, and probably rented two bikes. And uh, he he rented the first bike, and then I taught me how to drive it. And then he got me on the back of that bike, went to another Harley shop, rented another bike. Right. So then I had my own bike, no helmet, nothing. Right off boom, the bat, gone. I was so scared. I it was not even funny. Yeah. I was I was sucking my thumb thumb when I got home to my my room. <laughs> it was, it, I didn't even want to go out that night. I was just I was tired. I was exhausted. From uh, just, just being from, so worried. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, we're on a freeway going to St. Pete's Beach on whatever highway we were on, and just flying, flying yeah. like ninety miles an hour. In in and out of trucks. I don't know right. where I'm going. I never drove on a driven a bike before. No helmet. <laughs> Didn't have to wear a helmet. Of course, you're not going to wear one then, idiot. Why would you? <laughs> oh yeah. Am I stupid? Hey, if I'm going to die, you know, do it right. I don't want to be a half-assed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Jesus. That's the thing about um, that's the thing about um, um, that's the thing about riding motorbikes. I'm sorry, I was trying to get live on Periscope going, live on Periscope. I I so that. I was like, <laughs> "What the hell is Periscope?" Technology is a real anyway. son of a bitch in the Dutch. Yeah, home. sorry, technology. But I was saying, like for motorbikes, it's about this similar thing. I uh, I can't even ride a motorbike. I can't even trust myself to ride a motorbike because of my fear. Like the 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 return of getting from the rush of riding a motorbike, you know, being in the open air and all that stuff. You know, I understand it, but the thrill does not outweigh the fact that I have to trust my ability not to die. And I almost kill I don't know how many goddamn motorbikes in my life. Like I don't know how many mo- uh, yeah. bikers have given me the finger because I didn't see them. I don't know how fast they're coming up because they come up so goddamn fast yeah. I can't see them right. Mm. And so, and I know that I would be the, the like I drove a moped one time. Uh, that, <laughs> That's all I had growing up. Too. <laughs> and uh, like, no, I remember we're at a campground. Was, they, uh, I had a guy tell a story at my wedding. It was like we're at a campground, and uh, there was these guys that had eyes for the girls in our group that were camping, right? And so they went, uh, they came over with their moped, right? And the one guy sat down to what is now my wife. She was my girlfriend at the time. And he was like chatting her up, eh? And I was uh, looking at his moped. Did right? that moped have like flames on the side? No, it was, it was a, a pretty ass moped. It was, a pre- it was an okay moped. There was nothing <laughs> wrong with the moped uh, before I took it for a stroll. Oh. <laughs> but the, 
So I took. He, I was uh, trying to start it up, and I couldn't start it up. I said, you mind if I take this for a ride? Well, the guy's like, of course, go take it for a ride. Uh, I want to hit on your girlfriend. Well, I was going to say, he wants you out of there anyway. Right, he wants rid of me, so this is perfect. This idiot's going to go take my dirty moped out for a ride, and I get to hit on his girlfriend. And so... I couldn't get it started, so he comes up and starts it for me. Like, uh, like I feel emasculated already, right? <laughs> He's gonna steal he my girlfriend, and he had to start it for me. Yeah, because I couldn't start. I didn't know how to start it, right? Because <laughs> you gotta pedal it real fast. And yeah. Then vroom vroom. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, how old were you? Uh, I was in my twenties. Thirty-five. Old enough to know how to start a fucking moped. I tell you that. Right. So, anyways. Uh, I uh, I get on the moped and I'm not expecting it to have the power that it has, right? Oh, really? So I have to all I have to do is drive it like straight up out of like on the little driveway of her campsite, and then I have to make a left to go on or a right. I can go either way down the main road of this campsite. On the other side of that is a big ditch full of water, right? <laughs> and instead of uh, making that turn, when I I gave it the big vroom vroom, and I went faster than i thought and i lost it and i and the thing went right into the ditch and you can see the headlight on the front of it it's at night you know and everything and that you can see the headlight going under the water bloop, 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 oh, bloop, no. bloop. In, instead of riding it out did you, you just kicked it off and kind of <laughs> let it go off the cliff no i pulled it out of the out of the ditch and it was like mud like it was like all just like mud coming off of it it was like pouring water off and i'm like pushing it around the campground trying to fire it up again you know and like <laughs> oh, no. i'm like oh shit so I bring the thing, I wheel it in, like I push it in by hand into the campsite, and I say to this guy who's still sitting down talking to my girlfriend, my wife, I'm like, uh, hey, buddy, something's wrong with your moped. It's leaking mud. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you said. <laughs> yeah. And I gave him back his moped, and then he, uh, he could hear him going around the campsite swearing, you know, like uh, just trying to start it up. Fuck, fucking, you know, he's grumbling. <laughs> we're just laughing but i can't even so i couldn't imagine like being on a highway with no helmet on you know like uh i would driving a real like, bike literally i would have just tapped out like at the beginning of the idea i would be like ah, i'm just probert i'm just not a man I can't do that yeah, well I, I was really excited <laughs> what oh yeah but did, you did it again after that, I assume. Of course, every city we went into. Because once yep. you every city, once you did it, so you once yeah. you once you felt the rush of being on the bike, it was worth. So all that's that. a, that's what you do every city. You go for yep. a cruise. Yeah, whenever we had a day off, like, we get on the bike, clear your head, go for a rep. And then that spring, I ended up getting my O2 Fat Boy. After that, yeah, nice. Yeah, that's cool. And that's why, and that's why the rides, the rides in his memories is yeah. fitting of, yeah. of them, right? Yeah, yeah. Especially, especially for you, for you being yeah. a friend, being a friend yeah. of Bob Roberts, right? Yeah, good to see his, uh, you know, Danny, his wife, and the kids are growing and a big turnout last year. I don't know how many thousands of people, but it's getting bigger every year. And uh, we get to go to a Steppenwolf concert. Uh, oh yeah, on Saturday night. So nice. it's become an yeah. event. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, well, that's so. great. Well, it sounds good. You know what it is time for, Mike? What is it time for? It's time uh, for the part we do every show, the part we call feedback. We got feedback. We got feedback. Feedback. Oh. I fucking killed it, Dave. You nailed that. Nice. You nailed that. Welcome to, welcome to feedback. We got feedback, everybody. As every week, our feedback, we got feedback is brought to you by our sponsors, if you'd like to support the show, you can go on my website, livefromthedutchhall.com, and on that site, you will notice a few great things, one of them being uh, 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 Amazon links. You click on the Amazon links, and then you can do all your Amazon shopping. Father's Day's r just around the corner. Mm. Buy something for your dad on Amazon. 
go to my website first, give it a click, and some of that money's going to come back to help the show. What are you guys getting your dad? Old Uncle Will, what's he need? Well, I think I might get him a, a nice live from the Dutch Hall t-shirt. Oh, nice. <laughs> what a real treat that would be. Yeah, it would be. I noticed that uh, our bartender and our guest yep. has, is wearing one of the live from the Dutch Hall t-shirts, which is st- they're still available. They're kick ass. All you have to do is send an email at livefromthedutchhallgmail.com or go to the Teespring and uh, try to get the campaign going again. So, Pistol, this is the, what, the 77th show? Because you and your wife did the 75th just a couple of I think it's the 78th. I think it's the 78th. Yeah, Haitian Dwarf gave feedback for last week's show, said it was 77. Okay. But I don't know. Uh, I, I think it's 78. Why? Oh, I'm just wondering when I'm going to get Listener of the Week. I, I've listened <laughs> to every single one. <laughs> now I could be Listener of the Year. Uh, yes. Hey, man, there you go. Well, I can't. <laughs> Higher goals. You have actually made a really good point. You have made a good point. You have been a great supporter of the show <laughs> throughout the whole thing. Show. And I can't believe you haven't been named before. I never. never. I, I have. Uh, I really do think that's uh, an oversight. Yeah. But uh, we, okay. will, we, we will we uh, will we will name the listener of the week this week, which I, I got to tell you, I'm a spoiler alert. It's not you again. It's not you <laughs> again. Surprise me. <laughs> even, even after that, did you get yeah. your your uh, pep rest from VGs yet? I got my pep rest okay. from VGs last week. We still have some over here, and that brings us to our second sponsor. If, when you go to my website, livefromdutchhall.com, you'll find a, a VG meets coupon which will allow you to get uh, good deals at any of the VG Meats locations, either Simcoe or Stony Creek. And uh, um, there's always a different coupon on there. So go on there, and, or you just go into the store, ask them for the mm-hmm. Dutch Hall special, and see what they say. If they deny it for me, make sure you get back. No, nope. I went in there the other day, and they honored it. Oh, oh there you go. Yep. Yeah, tried and tested. That's probably why my check was 24 bucks. You know, I'm good. Tried and tested. But I got a name. Like, this back. brings us into our Listener of the Week this week, because our Listener of the Week is, uh, we got pepperettes here. We're passing them around. Nice VG pepperettes. And, you know, uh, we thought because of our badgering week after week that uh, it was the people at VG's who listen to our show from time to time to check to see what we're saying, if we're saying anything bad about their great company. Uh, but we thought, and some of them are, are, are devoted listeners of the show, we thought maybe they would just find it upon themselves to send us over a box of pepperettes because of our constant complaining and hungry bellies of these guys working hard for nothing to entertain yeah. you guys week after week as you drive to and from your jobs. But no, no, no. As I've come to find out, it was our listener of the week that was responsible for us getting these pepperettes. Oh, really? Yes. Kyle Van Groningen from VG Meat sent me an email, said that it was uh, he was golfing with a f- uh, fellow by the name of Bones. He said, nickname Bones. Bonesy. Yeah, Bonesy. And Bonesy was, was riding his ass so hard about pepperettes, the whole golf game, that uh, Kyle broke down and sent us a box of pepperettes, right? <laughs> so this, week, this week's Listener of the Week is Bonesy. Hey. Let's hear Hi, it for Bonesy. Bonesy. Hi, Bonesy. The pepperette, Bonesy. Pepperette is delicious right now. And I'm not sure if I know. I know one Bonesy, and I hear I know one Bonesy, and uh, and if it's you, I'm I'm glad that you're listening to the show. I heard that this one particular Bonesy that we do know, you know him too, Paul. Yeah. Right, good family friend of ours. He says that he listens to the show, and he says it reminds him of the days he used to come after hockey and hang around with uh, our old man. That it sounded a lot like a live from the Dutch Hall show <laughs> is when he used to come and hang around with with our dad when we were younger, and that just seems like the same thing. So it, it would uh, I thought that was kind of a cool compliment, eh? Yeah, cool. it would be great if it was Bones. I think it probably is. Yeah. He, you know, he's not above uh, golfing with the likes of uh, Kyle Van Groningen, right? Sounds about right. He's a high, high roller, too. 
He's a, a man of high stature. So thank you, Bonesy. You know, we always like to welcome our new listeners as well as part of feedback. We got feedback, and this week we got some great listeners from some really weird locations. Um, we got Cambridge, Ontario. That's, Have you ever heard of that? No, it's odd and uncomfortable. Yeah, it's a really interesting place. Cookstown, Ontario. We also got someone from Warrior, Alabama. Mm. And uh, Bethel Park, PA. Gatlinburg, Tennessee. Huh. And, uh, n- oh, this is a tough one. Nutribling. Nutribling, Germany. Nutribling, have you heard of it? Oh, I thought it might have somewhere. <laughs> I didn't ask you, Adolf. We also got someone from Munchburg, Germany. Munchburg, but it's got two, dot, two dots over the Mun- U. Munichburg? Munchburg. <laughs> Munchburg, Germany. So thank you to you Germans for, for coming and supporting me. You know I am the Hasselhoff of the podcast <laughs> industry. Don't hassle the half. Germans love Peter Van Dyke. Germans love me. And uh, you know what's not to love? My constant uh, ridicule. And <laughs> Quest of the fuckles. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Speak of the fuckles. The Germans are probably looking for the map. Yeah, they found that map and they, oh, the fuckles. Because there's no one creepier and more more like sexually deviant than the Germans. <laughs> they are definitely looking for the fuckles. Yeah, they would like the, the, the easy pickings of the fuckles. Anyhow, oh the fuckles, <laughs> oh, yes, fuckles. <laughs> you know the fuckles is a uh, brings us last week's show. I should say we were talking about feedback from last week. We haven't even talked about our feedback yet, but last week's episode was called Redemption mm-hmm. with uh, Tyler Shazma and uh, and Tyler and uh, Braden Decumen. Oh, right. you're, you nailed it again! You nailed it again. Two great guests. There were two great guests that came great. in. Awesome. We got some feedback from uh, uh, Dean Rainey. Remember Dean Rainey, the former uh, producer of the uh, YouTube show Live from the Dutch Hall when it was the short-lived YouTube show? Such Remember? episodes as uh, Wheel of Filth. Wheel of Filth, uh, the Iron Sheik uh, episode. What was that called? It was called uh, Iron Sheik versus, versus the Dutch Hall, yeah, I think. Yeah. yeah. And uh, oh, great episodes. Milo McMahon was on, was on was YouTube. That was a good one. Right? Yeah, yeah, it was we had awesome. A lot of, Anyways, Dean, uh, I like to think of him as kind of like I like to fight the man. Like I don't like the, you know, I like to fight the machine, right? So when I had Dean being the producer of the show, I like to make him into the big, uh, dirty boss man, right? <laughs> and uh, even though he wasn't, he was just a friend helping out, you know. <laughs> and uh, but uh, anyways, he gave me a piece of feedback, and what he what he suggested was that we should impl- impose a two drink maximum <laughs> in live from the Dutch Hall. A two. Why is that, Pete? He felt that Mr. Shazma. Shazma? Yeah, Shazma. Fits on a license plate. Shazma. It's fast. <laughs> no limits. No limits. <laughs> it fits on a license plate. They thought that Mr. Shazma, uh, he, he, he tended to have a taper off once he he uh, drank too many of those uh, Bud Light. Tall Arab- boys. What were they? No, were, bush, bush, bush. No, not even light. Just Bush tall boys. Right? Oh, the, re- the regular strength Bush yeah, tall boys. A nice beer store purchase. Maybe right. it's on like the front counter. And he's, you know, and he was a, you know, and on his defense, I, I had to defend him, right? When okay. the comment was made, I said, well, he's only like a hundred pounds or so, right? Like he's a smaller, soaking, soaking wet, yeah. small guy. And he's keeping up with a couple, you know, it's a, we, we train every Thursday for this, right? <laughs> we're, we're, we're seasoned professionals. We're right? grizzled veterans. Yeah. We know what we're doing here at Live in the Dutch Hall. This guy was just coming in willy nilly. <laughs> trying to like drink all those bush king cans, trying to like uh, you know fit in with the new new friends, you know. 
And it got the best of them, I think, at yeah, times. It, it got the best of them. You get nervous and excited in the Dutch Hall, right? right. Actually, just to let Dean off the hook, he did say he was joking about the two-drink maximum. Perfect. But I said Thank the two-drink maximum uh, in any circumstance would never work on this show. <laughs> no. It would never work. Never. The two-drink minimum, I understand, you know? like yeah. even like warm-up. Yeah, you see how lousy Charters was during Lent? Just terrible. <laughs> he was just sitting, just sitting there, just munching on bananas. Chewing gum. Salary. <laughs> yeah, and chewing gum. And chewing gum. Dave. Very, very disciplined, though, man. Oh. He had those wings, chicken wings, in front of his face on his last day, I think it was. Yeah, yeah. It's the, yeah. The I mean, last you can't temptation. Fuck up then. There's no way he's going to fuck up then, but you should have brought that in the first week. <laughs> Right. <laughs> next, next year, that's what we'll do. Yeah, you gotta bring it in early. Every Thursday. Yeah, every, every Thursday. Thursday. Yeah. Yeah. Every Thursday. Just a platter of wings from Swazi's. I want to ask you guys before we get into the Haitian Dwarf feedback. Uh, when you think about, uh, you know, playoff beards, how people grow playoff beards. Mm-hmm. Um, like, uh, if you're playing in in the game, like I understand you're growing a playoff beard, right? But there are people that are just like bankers and stuff. Like we're just like you know sitting in a cubicle growing a playoff beard. Like, like they just watch hockey. Yeah, they watch hockey, and during the playoffs they grow a beard. Like it's an excuse for them to grow a beard, like because they can get away with it at work, right? Because it's like, uh, why are you growing a beard at work? You look all shaggy and stuff. You're like, oh, it's playoffs, and then like, okay, I'll, get, I'll let it go. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a religious pass, right? Right. Or just during the like regular year. You come in, look like a wolf man or whatever, <laughs> into work, and they're like, "What are you doing, growing a beard?" I'm like, oh, "I'm just growing a beard," you know. And they're like, "Well, you look stupid. Like, get rid of it." That's not know? gonna cut it. Yeah. But in the playoffs, I think they let you away with it, right? Just and like in November, you wear yeah, like, like grow Movember, that mu- grow say. that mustache yeah. in November. You can grow that at work. You can see customers do business and all stuff. You look ridiculous. Everyone knows <laughs> you look ridiculous, right? Except for your boss, who's some 65-year-old guy with a mustache. You think important. you look great. You look yeah. just like I did when I was 25. <laughs> this kid's really going for it. <laughs> really, everyone like our age just think you look like an old pedophile, you know? Oh, yeah. I, mean, I don't know how I got on that. Anyway. Well, what do it? I, what you, but as pe- Canadians, we think it's okay because it's playoffs. No. Yeah, I think you'll let people at? get away with a beard. Girl. Wasn't there a guy trying to tell the league to tell the hockey players not to sh- or to shave? They're there was some sort of like ridiculous comment from someone high up, and I don't know if it's CBC or that they should they should mandate it where the players have to shave. Why? Because they can see the face more. Or yeah, something? they want to be more recognizable. Oh, oh yeah. I thought he was going to go with because uh, you know the trainers and shit will give you a shit. For trying to patch you up, because if you got a beard, it's hard to patch you up. But yeah, I thought that's really harder that to get cut too. Well, that's just that. Right. I think I think that's stupid. And you know yeah, what I is. think even it further is, totally is that those guys who don't grow a beard. You know, every once in a while, there's a guy that says like, "I don't like when I have the beard; it's itchy," and then <laughs> and then I, I don't play well when I'm itchy. You know, those, <laughs> those guys. Yeah, I always got annoyed but, when the guys on our team did not grow a beard. It drove me crazy. Right. Yeah, in the I'm playoffs. Like, Come on, you gotta grow, you grow a, beard. a beard. Of course you do. Yeah, if you if you're one of the guys in the team that didn't grow a beard because of whatever reason, unless you can't grow a beard, and then right. But still, you should and see those Fu Manchu growing. That, like, the guys that, that really the pissed best. me off are the guys that grew the beard and then were advancing to the second or third round, which hardly ever happened. The teams that was, <laughs> but but they would shave. No, they oh. would shave. No, that that's they can't do the whole that. point of it. Yes, because that's why I never made it to the finals. Yeah, you can't be shaving in between series. You can't do that. That's cheating, Right, I'm gonna tell you. Right now, this is honest to God truth. I've known you for a long time, and I believe with everything that's inside of me, if you were given the opportunity, you could grow a beard right to the Stanley Cup finals. Hell yeah. Oh, you absolutely. could grow the beard. I don't know if you could get much playing time. No, you I could, could grow, grow the that, beard. You could grow that goddamn beard. I went beard. to the final four of the Rangers in 96, and 
I had a really good beard as a black ace. Nice. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I never played one game, but... <laughs> yeah, but you had a great beard. What's that? Imagine if you were a black ace just sitting there clean shaven yeah, like a newborn. No. Oh. They wouldn't consider you. You're not in the right. right. This kid's digging in, too. He's got a nice thick beard on him, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. What about the yep. stick boy? Would he? Would he? Oh, everyone was growing beards for the coaches most part. Coaches don't grow beards. No, coaches were not. Oh, they're, yeah, no, they're, you're right. No, they're but, the coaches. You know what? In Jersey, that, that organization, uh, Lou Lamorello didn't let any of their players grow beards at all. Period. During the season, nothing. Uh, in the playoffs, either. I don't know what the playoffs. Uh, but he wouldn't let. But like during that. regular season, I know there was think, no growing. I think, I think the Yankees are like I'd that too. Face. What's I, that? I think the Yankee New York Yankees are like are that. No Can you grow a mustache? Can you grow? That's when you got to run in the dressing room. Fucker eat the pussy! <laughs> <laughs> I fucking out of here. <laughs> I, I can't imagine in a sports, uh, in, in like a sports setting, that someone can tell your coach and tell you don't grow a, a face, don't grow facial hair. I, I would be like, pretty, I would be pretty ticked off actually. Oh. You know, like I should be. Able, I think that's part of the personality of sports. You should let whatever. If you like, look at basketball for oh, example. Man. Everybody in basketball is like a huge over the top personality. They know, like there's guys with. The weirdest hair you ever want to see. You go watch a basketball game, and they're all like tattooed up, and yeah. like Rodman and stuff. When he was going through his weird stuff, that was great, man. That was yeah. interesting, yeah. right? Yeah. They, I saw an interview with a basketball guy the other day, and they're asking him like, "What's the most important thing in playoffs?" And they, guys said fashion. That was the number one answer. Fashion, like the way they're coming into the game, and they're all dressed. In yeah, yeah, colorful, crazy. Like they're really? Scrapes. That was the answer. It may yeah. not be good fashion, but it's still fashion, it's right? Part of the then. The basketball fans love it. They right. eat it right up, right? Yeah. It's all that baller stuff. That's kind of the black culture, is that when you get it, it's uh, get money, then you spend it on stuff that you can see, like you want to wear all your money on your body and drive it. Mm-hmm. It's like or whatever, you know, like showy stuff. Like when we were, this is I know it's just like racist, I'm sure, <laughs> but uh, when when my wife lived in Memphis, so like I would live in Memphis for a little bit when she was going, she was working down there, and. Um, there was, uh, you notice that like there'd be people that lived in tar paper shacks of the black community. Like this is just an observation. Take it what it's a racist observation. I'm because sh- it's about race, uh-huh. but it is okay. That's what I saw. There was like they had they lived in shitholes, like really bad houses, but they had like Cadillac Escalades, you know, with, oh, really? like, with like you know nice twenty two inch rims and like, no front. Yeah, like they, but they drive around all like you know chains and looking really like rich, but they lived in squalor. You know what I mean? And it was just because it, it was all just on them or whatever they could. Sh- that was the Show. image they wanted to pr- yeah. portray, right? Yeah. And then when that, so I guess in basketball too, people come from humble beginnings, and then you go to like get a lot of money. You know, you're gonna be showy. Like, yeah, um, I think that's right. And Martha Stewart uh, called it N-word rich. I think on the Ooh. on the people. Oh, you, you didn't say <laughs> that, so you're no Martha Stewart. No, uh, Martha Stewart said it. I didn't say it. it wow. more, yeah, that's that's the expression. You ever heard that expression before? No. Oh yeah. No, never. It shows that when you're really showy rich, but not really. Uh, that's the. <laughs> that's really off topic. But the last thing we got to get to a feedback. We got feedback <laughs> is that our buddy Ooh, squirrel, the, <laughs> the Haitian dwarf, and the Haitian dwarf. He gives us feedback every week, so we should better might as well hit his theme song here. I love that word. 
I didn't even play it. I kept it clean for all the young hockey fans that yeah. are listening to this episode. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> the Dwarf gets back to me every week, and uh, this week's no exception. Yeah, well, sometimes he gives me feedback. He gives me feedback on iTunes. He goes onto the iTunes. He listens on iTunes and gives his feedback there. And uh, sometimes iTunes does not like his uh, his feedback, and they reject it. And this week they rejected this one. I don't know why. What it's, do you mean they reject it? Like they don't allow uh, him to... It takes a day or two. They pull him off of iTunes. They screen his stuff, really? and then they put. Then they take a day where they, and then they eventually approve it and put it out. But there's sometimes a lag, so he has to email it to me at live from the Dutch Hall at gmail.com. Okay. So I get it in time for the show. Mm-hmm. This one was episode seventy-seven, uh, five stars, five stars. He says, "Redemption indeed, well done." Oh, the Haitian dwarf approves of redemption. Yes. Very happy with it. Yes. He goes, dead chipmunks and nut skin lasagna. Now that's comedy. <laughs> no offense to Dr. Van Dyke. Also, can we get Paul a better microphone? So, Haitian Dwarf, I got to say, I know you're a fan of Paul Van Dyke, the bartender. He's a great asset to the show, and he's uh, his his uh, interjections from time to time have proven to be some of the most brilliant uh, uh, comedy on the show. And timely. Woo! And timely, yes. But sometimes we do not have the proper equipment to showcase his talents. <laughs> so what we've done is we've turned to uh, uh, a, a pod, uh, my Podbean uh, f- uh, fundraiser. It's a crowd fundraiser program. Yeah. And uh, so if, I've, I've put it on the Life in the Dutch Hall Facebook page. I've tweeted it out. And we have a, a fundraiser campaign to get Paul a better microphone. And uh, all we need to raise from the listeners is 250 bucks. So if you go on uh, to any of those sources and find or and uh, find our uh, fundraiser link, you can uh, figure out how you can if lend you get money. The new mic? Are you even gonna let me use it? It's for you. It's your mic, well, Paul. Will be my mic. Are you gonna? I would be lying. It? I would be lying to my, to the general public and the and the great people who donate to the show if if I didn't spend the money on what on the purpose I suggested, right? Oh man, I want one like Britney Spears. That's what, I was, that's <laughs> what I'm thinking. Oh yeah, <laughs> really you thinking like your eyes? Headset, headset. Uh, oh yeah, so I can keep making some drinks. Oh, you know nice. what? Yeah. I gotta tell you, if I can get a deal on a headset yeah. and uh, a wireless he- dangerous, a wireless headset, and it within the budget of what we raise, any money left over is gonna go into cone-shaped uh, bras that Paul has to wear around. <laughs> because I think that that with his headset and a little cone-shaped bra. That's Madonna. That's like there. Madonna. Yeah. All right. Wait. Well, okay. It's how fine. about this? That'll work. You're not allowed to wear panties like Britney. <laughs> there you go. No panties. Hey, <laughs> hey you know what? I actually, I don't know if I have it. Oh, I do. Hey. It's time for another banker story with me. All right. Uh, thank you, Dave. Uh, another banker story. I was like, no, if I can remember it, that's the only thing. Oh, I was so excited about being I thought of a banker story, and I was so excited about it. I played the theme song, and now I forget the banker story. <laughs> no panties. <laughs> no panties. All right. come back. I'm in, the, uh, I'm in a meeting, right? And it's a, a meeting at my, uh, my place of work. And uh, my boss is there, and he's presenting this meeting. And at one point in the meeting, he's talking about internet, uh, internet uh, uh, filters, you know? How uh, you know, we want to make sure you guys aren't going on the wrong websites, and we have these security filters, and blah, blah, blah. You know, and I went to say to him, I put up my hand. I said, uh, you know, Frank, I always call my boss Frank, even though it's not his real name. But uh, Frank, I said, you know, Frank, uh, you can just like do a search within Google and then like it doesn't hit your filters. But if you go deeper into the search, 
you can search for whatever you want. Like in two searches, I can show you Britney, Britney Spears' vagina is what I told him, eh? And that'll get past all the company's filters that you think. And he said, uh, he goes, uh, like, why are you saying this? You know, like he didn't understand. Yeah. Like, But I'm like, I can do it. Like two clicks, I'll show you Britney Spears' vagina, right? <laughs> and then uh, I'm like, tell, ask those guys. I did it. I, I showed them the other day. I showed those other guys the other day. I'm like, tell them, I have shown it to you. I can get past any of these filter filters. Eh? And he's just like, it's not helpful. Like, it's not... You're just, it's not helpful. You're supposed to be like a senior guy. You're not supposed to tell these guys how to look at girls' vaginas at work. You know, it's not. The <laughs> Anyways, that was a banker story with Pete. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. That was it. It's time. For, uh, what are you got? the jingle. Are you, oh, what? Did you close with the jingle too? Oh, yeah, it's that was a st banker story with Pete. That's Dave on uh, keys. You don't often hear that. Anyways, that, that was feedback. We got feedback from this week, everybody. Thank you very much for listening. And if you'd like to, please tell a friend if you like it. And uh, you know how to find me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Periscope. So this brings us to uh, back to our guest, Ryan Vandenbush. Ryan, when you were at uh, when you went on the trips, like other than you were playing in ball hockey with a bunch of other hockey players, right? Yep. And so you were with like. Uh, I know you mentioned some big, some of the names like Probert. Obviously, was there with you. Lanny McDonald, Tiger Williams, uh, Dave Hutchison, um, Arlene Dickinson actually came with us in 2010. And, and does she and, play hockey? Arlene Dickinson? No, she was her coach. Is she on the American version too? Of like, she's on the Canadian version of Dragons Den. She's retired now. I don't think she's on the show anymore. Oh no, she's yeah, not even on she, on the Canadian one. No. Was she ever on the American one, Shark I Tank? I, I don't think she was. No, I don't oh, know. Yeah. I don't watch TV hardly. Oh yeah. 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 But uh, no, there's a decent little group. The one uh, we had uh, Tom Green come down one year in 2011, um, and he left a, ma a phone message for your wife that, that yeah. you guys played for me. That's right, because I'm a big Tom Green fan, <laughs> and uh, and uh, I remember it was just like a rambling long message about Lisa, where he kept calling out for Lisa, yeah. and then <laughs> Lisa, 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 it's Tom Green, you. Lisa. I remember oh, that. But how a good guy. Really, really good guy. Yeah, he's uh, very quiet and just straight face. I don't think I saw him smile once. Oh, it's yeah. just his personality. I don't know if he's probably he's really a, like that or I don't know. I just I find with <laughs> a, I find with a lot of comics that they're very much uh, um, observers, right? Yeah. So when they're in the when there's a lot to take in, there's like they're not like they're taking it in. Yeah. Like I, I would. Um, he's reading a play. Yeah, yeah. And so that like when you like I find with the even with some of the stuff I do for the show. You'd go, I would go somewhere, like go on, like even like Bristol, when we went to Bristol, you know, or we went to, oh, it was a great time. you know, you go there, but you're not really doing anything when you're there other than just staying quiet and taking it all in. Cause you're like thinking, how can I tell a story? Where are the stories in this? Like the people mm -hmm. are in the, is that what you were doing mm -hmm. in Bristol? I was not doing that. <laughs> what were you doing? I was mostly? trying to be part of this. I guess I was the story, you know? <laughs> <laughs> how was it anyways? Oh my God. Yeah? It was the best. I'm so glad I went. So oh, much awesome. If you don't have fun at a NASCAR race, then you're a broken person. That's yeah. what I think. I, I don't think there's anything there's anything you can do right. to save you if you can't have fun at a NASCAR race. I, I've never been to one of those, but I was at a NASCAR truck race in Chicago. Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, number 14, uh, Crawford was his last name. It was awesome. I got right, right down to the pit because I was wearing number 14, so I don't know. They just and it was right sponsored by the Blackhawks, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, no the, way. The yeah, truck? The, yeah. And uh, I got to be right there in the action. That was awesome. Yeah. Really neat. Hmm. 
It's amazing. Anything that you get into at that level, like when you can see the the like the what it takes to pull off that any sport, and the more you kind of pay attention to it, yeah. it's like that. It's it's incredible, right? Even yeah. if it's a sport you don't watch from week to week, but you go and watch it. Like if you go to see a cricket tournament, yeah, one right. of those big matches, you just have to get taken in by the spectacle of it all. Yeah. You know, like I don't. I I think it's incredible. There's so much out there, so much going on at the same time. Again, everyone's got their roles to do, right? And they do it so efficiently. Yeah, like that's it. It's a whole. You you might not get it. It's just like you said. You don't. You might not get the sport, but it, you get drawn into the little intricacies that are going on that you don't see on tv that's or right right that's right so cool yeah well i i gotta tell you I, I was in a golf tournament about 10 days ago up north and uh i was with the uh a gentleman who started this uh soldier on his name is jay F uh, faco and uh soldier on is for soldiers that are currently serving in the military and uh a picture of that. yeah take a picture of that uh, and and, uh, and the ones that are retired and and I got the golf with um, a gentleman. His name was uh, Sharon, Chris Sharon. Uh, his the civilian buddies call him uh, Army, and his uh, military buddies call him Fucking Sharon. That's what he told me. So he was a guy. He was a frontline infantry. So he was going engaging battle, right? Right. So and behind him would be the what he called the SIGs, the signals. So you got the frontline infantry going into combat, waiting for battle to happen. Boom, they get shot. Okay, boom, they take cover. They radio onto the SIGs. The SIGs are higher ground wherever they are. So I was with one of those guys too. He's from Newfoundland. And then those guys call the Air Force. They come in and they take care of business, right? Once the coordinates are, you know, once they know where the coordinates are. So those are the three guys that I got to golf with uh, at this tournament. Really? Yeah, about 10 days ago. And what interesting guys. It's just a... Um, amazing stories and yeah, stories and space. you know they're all retired now but some of the guys that were there they were uh they're still in the military and, and a lot of them are suffering from uh, post-traumatic stress disorder ptsd and uh they um they get together every so often and they they golf and they spend a week with each other and they get to share their stories they're from all over the place out west newfoundland ontario wherever right and uh they get to uh just you know a lot of these guys don't even know each other but they get the talk it's like therapy for them oh sure yeah if right. you can find people that are going through a common experience you yeah. know it's going to help you get deal with the stuff you're going through if other people are going through the same thing right right do, yeah. do you see the difference in like personalities like the air force guy would be more oh, polished 100 yeah the, no. the ground force guy's more like the wild wild yeah, oh, yeah. fucking sharon was a, is a wild man for sure he, yeah. i could see him you know leading his troops he's i think they called him a warren officer i hope that's what it is, but I'm pretty sure that's what it is. A warrant officer, but the signal uh, guys are a little more polished. Yeah, he, the Air Force would be all test suit, suit and tie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah all all like, very yeah. uh, you know focused, determined guys, and then they get to a point in their career where they just can't do it anymore. Uh, they, you know, they're told they got to leave, whether it's because they have PTSD or mm -hmm. they're injured, or you know, Jay Faco, who started this soldier on, he <clears> lost <throat> his eye. And I don't know, he had a nasty scar on his neck too, but um, I don't ask too many questions, but he, he lost his eye in, a, in a, I think it was an IED. So just, you see like guys, you know, they're missing a leg or missing an arm or whatever, but they're still getting out. And, he, and, and Chris was telling me, Chris Ron was telling me that, you know, it, it was so tough to get out of his comfort zone of, you know, being at home now. He's, you know, he went through a tough time. I think he, he's 44 now and he was retired from the military when he was 39. So, you know, he was doing something for 21 years, the same thing. And, and being with a group of guys and, and having stuff 
done exactly the way he needed to have stuff done. And then now all of a sudden they're telling you, you got to go, right? Mm. And after all the stuff that you've been through, you kind of go through this transition. It's, you know, you're walking through a grocery store with your wife and your wife's asking, hey, what kind of life do you want to come? But, you know, I don't really give a fucking shit. What no. Just get the goddamn, you know? So there's a bit of a transition that. Yeah. that they got to go through, of course. And then, um, so they get together and they talk and, and uh, they just get through it together. Mm-hmm. So it's a really good yeah. thing that they're doing. That's a huge, uh, uh, I think it's a, I think in the States too, it's, it's uh, at least from what we read, and I guess, I'm kind of a little tainted by my conversation with my uncle tonight, who was uh, who said we only get a piece of what the truth is when we watch what we watch, and the reality of the service is different if you're involved. And I understand that, like I, I get it, but it's just like I think that they they don't do a good enough job of taking care of the people that serve for them and then suffer for a long time past right. uh, when their responsibility is done, and these people are kind of left to just kind of go on their own like and and i guess there's some parallels to that and what you did for a living as well right like hockey where you you get left at the end and then if you're left with any like the concussion thing's a big thing right like where the if you're left with any scars of your time served for that company like they've they've already washed their hands a lot of times of the responsibility for it yeah the damage has already been done right but um no, the the yeah we, we weren't getting shot at, but and, and but dying, the, but yeah, there's definitely some parallels for sure. And in I the mean, states, and I'll go back. I don't the probably tight sports was stupid, but the to, the states and uh, Canada, the rates of suicide for those guys coming home are is huge. I mean, they're, that's a they can't ignore it much longer. No. Like money, money be damned. You know, that's you right. have to figure out a way to get the money to help these guys out yeah. as long as they need it because. Um, you know, they did. They served you with doing exactly the things you asked them to do, and now mm-hmm. they're really screwed up for a long time that's because right. of it. You know, yeah. like I don't think there's going to be a taxpayer out there that's really going to complain about no. having to help out soldiers, right? Oh, Absolutely no. not. And and that's what's paying for this. To I don't know who's paying for, it, but there's 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 private people that you know donate their their money and to, to have to fly these guys out to do functions yeah. like this, and, yeah. and and that's great. They all, you know, they, they every one of them was scared to. To leave their little domain where they were and, and go out and, and interact with fellow uh, military friends and co-workers and whatnot. But once they got there, after a couple of days, everything kind of settled and they just kind of got relaxed a little bit. And it was, it was real good therapy, apparently. And it probably so. helps prevent things like what you're talking about there, Pete. That, that You know, they got people they can relate to, you know. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. It's got to help them That's right. right. Yeah, they're talking to one of their own, right? Wherever they they're from. Them, exactly. Yeah. It don't matter. They went through the same shit, right? Right. So yeah. how, how did Kuwait uh, differ from Afghanistan? Um, well, different country. <laughs> I don't but know. was the ba- like is it, it, it as 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 intense? Uh, no, definitely not as intense. Uh, we there's two air bases that we went to, and uh, it, there wasn't nothing scary. There's no rocket launch attacks going on there. Um, didn't hear any camel, didn't hear of any camel spiders, nothing no, like that. No. But. Uh, yeah, no, there's just, you know, I think that's kind of like the uh, the new Camp Mirage, maybe. I think maybe that might have been the hub, like like oh, Dubai yeah. was. Outside. Oh, yeah. But Dubai kicked, this, uh, kicked the military out because they wanted to put more planes in Canada. So the United Arab Emirates wanted to, their, their plane, more planes uh, in Canada ground, but they wouldn't let it happen. So they said, okay, we'll get the hell out of our country mm-hmm. then. So mm-hmm. they oh, had yeah. to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then maybe this is what Kuwait is. So it's kind of like a safe base to get ready to do to go to where. That's right. Oh, yeah, okay. it's gonna be like heavy. Yeah. yeah, like peacetime training or whatever, right? Yeah, yeah. Like Germany used to always do that. Like in the, 
even like well well after the wars they already had the bases set up so they just used germany as a base and right. then would deploy to kosovo or whatever from there because mm. they already had the base even in afghanistan i guess there's a bunch of old russian bases like you know the camp like camp kandahar they set up all that infrastructure and then when they're done like when the war effort is over there the, a lot of that's just abandoned there it's just left and they say there's a lot of old Russian bases, like because the, they were in there fighting Afghanistan for quite a long time, so they had a huge amount of infrastructure left. They just right. abandoned when they left the country. Yeah, yeah, they take it over. Then I don't think the U.S. is going anywhere. They're fucking. They're building up some buildings. They're brick and mortar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It doesn't seem like they're leaving anytime soon. We're really putting up brick and mortar. Hmm. Yeah, I mean they make permanent structures. <laughs> That's the thing. Like they're like, mm. uh, and then when they do leave, that they just leave. It's I think that eventually, if it's not cost effective, they have to go somewhere else, Africa, to get something else there, or to go mm. to come to Canada to get our water, or whatever it's going to be in the future. But uh, you then just abandon whatever it is, just like uh, people abandoned Massey Ferguson and Brantford once they figured they could make tractors in Italy cheaper. They mm. just left that big, huge monster there. Mm-hmm. It didn't work, right? Yeah. It always yeah. comes down to money at the That's end right. of the day. Yeah. That's one of the things I couldn't comprehend is is just the amount of money that was spent on water there you know there's a stat thrown out there and a million dollars a day on water i it just didn't make any sense to me and and then and the oil the, what they were spending on oil it was just it's a number i can't even fathom I, I don't even want to say it because it was so ridiculous and i don't want to give the wrong number but holy man really? i just don't get it we really are a bunch of knuckleheads just trying to figure out like what the hell all these people are like it's well beyond our comprehension yeah. the amount of intricacy oh, yeah. Having to go like defend Canada's position or be a peacekeeper or a protector or whatever our role is, it's like I don't get any of it. I think it would make more sense if we just stick to like protecting what we got here in Canada and uh, and then just concentrate on being strong here. But you know, I'm an, uh, who am I? I'm an idiot, right? Like I don't know any different. But uh, I, I don't. I, I would never fall the person that serves his that does his job well. And or serves his country like for a greater good, and they're doing things that I wouldn't do. I'm appreciative of those guys, but I just I just don't understand it. I never will. Yeah, like I, I you know, I feel like we're like the the younger brother of the U.S., and you know, we got to support our allies. So you know, the U.S. is going in Afghanistan. You know, are you coming in for support? You know, obviously we're not going to have as many troops there as the sure, U.S., we but there's still going to be representation yeah. there, right? Hell yeah. So you got to kind of work as a team to. We didn't go into Iraq though. School. We we left. We didn't go in Iraq. Canada didn't. No. We stayed out of that one. That was one of the big, uh, uh, one of the things we didn't do. We we did Afghanistan at that time, saying that's what we concentrated on, saying that's where Bin Laden what Bin mm-hmm. Laden was. Right. Mm-hmm. He was turned out. He's in Pakistan. Yeah. Yeah. And no one ever fought there. So, that's kind of weird. Now that that's all still over, it's I guess it's Taliban. Or, uh, you know, whatever. It's yeah. it's well beyond my comprehension. I could pick <laughs> right. it apart. Yeah. Those guys too. I think the guys that are serving a lot of times, it's kind of beyond their comprehension a lot of times too. But they just get their marching orders and they do it, right? That's right. Because that's what they're that's what they're supposed to do. So let the people that are in the positions to make those decisions on what's important make them, and then and we, we just do what we were told mm-hmm. to yeah, do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's kind of like you know, <laughs> hockey. You know, there's some guys on your team you might not like, and they're a little pain in the ass on the ice, and you know, they're but they're on your team, but they're always starting shit on the ice. And now, you know, a guy like me has got to go in there and fight for them. Right. <laughs> yeah. I don't really want they're to, but it, but it is my job he to is, do it. Right. He's yeah. my you know? teammate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, I gotta go. Fuck, gotta go your go fucking pre- mouth. I don't. Yeah. Want, I, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, every time you open your mouth, my head hurts. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the one that yeah. can't breathe the next day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> nose on the other side of my face because you open your fucking trap. <laughs> so I wanted to, one last thing I wanted to talk to you about was you said that Tiger Williams gave up his spot on a helicopter to let you go out to the uh, front lines and see what's going on there. Is that right? Yeah, that, that was actually one of the coolest experiences I've ever experienced besides having my, my two kids in front of me. But... Um, I was pumped because I was told I was going to be able to go onto the helicopter, which is which is a Chinook <clears throat> helicopter, and we we're going to go uh, over enemy lines into the uh, FOBs, forward operating bases. And uh, so then I was told I couldn't go because the RDS crew, all the French people, were taking all the spots, and there was not room for me. So I don't know. Tiger must have knew I was pissed off. So the morning that morning, he comes into my room. And we had a rocket launch attack that morning too, by the way. Oh, I, did you? Yeah. Had to, so it was, it was, was that your first one? First one, yeah. yeah, yeah. So then he says, Mushy, you want to fucking go to the fobs or what? I said, yeah. Well, get ready in five minutes. <laughs> I said, done. Really? Yeah. That, so was Tiger, gave, that was Tiger Williams? Yeah, that, said that? that was Tiger Williams. Yeah. yeah. So he gave up his spot for But he's already over like probably six times. He's, he's been over to Afghanistan probably a dozen times, that guy. But uh, so I thought that was awesome. Really cool for him to give up a spot for me to go on there. And we got in a Chinook helicopter, and I'll never forget it. We we get up in the air, and uh, see you, Mike, Mr. Military Guy, that should be on here talking with us right now. <laughs> <laughs> Have a good one. See you, Uncle Mike. See and uh, so we, we get in a Chinook helicopter, and we uh, get airborne, and, and we got a gunner out the back, so he's on like on a 45-degree angle platform. It's, he's hooked in from the ceiling of the chopper, and he's got these big... Um, Star Wars mass on, right? Oh, yeah. And with his, uh, probably an M16, I'm not sure what it is, but he's you know out the very the rear of the chopper, just moving back and forth looking for targets. Uh, then we got one out the left and the right side, each side, right? And then we're in there, we're going like it's well over 200 miles an hour, it feels like, and we're about I don't know maybe 100 feet above the ground. We were low, real low, and we were doing a swooping motion the whole time too. And they told us, they warned us, you know, there's a lot of briefings, and they said, well, make sure one of the things you're in there, you're going so fast and you're going and you're moving, don't ever look down, just focus on one point, right? Well, of course, I get out my phone and I wanted to take a picture of all this, and I almost puked instantly. And there was one guy on our on a team that did puke actually inside there. Oh yeah. So then, boom, we get right to the next. Was spot. he doing the same thing with his phone too? Yeah, he was on his phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then, boom, we get to the uh, fob, drop it right down, visit the troops there, up again, out to the next fob. We hit four fobs and then back to base. How many people would be at one of these fobs? Uh, it was very small base. Uh, I don't, I don't even know, like uh, a couple thousand, maybe. It was oh that, that big, many. Uh, if there was that, yeah. Oh, I, I, I was saying like ten people. Yeah. I mean, no, 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 no. They're bigger than that. They're pretty. Big. There's tanks there. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah there's tanks. So and there's like some big armor trucks. Man, the amount. Yeah. Of, and, yeah. and were those all Canadian? Uh, yeah, they're all Canadian. Uh, no, I'm, I. We only saw the Canadians. We only talked yeah. to the Canadians. So there might have been. Uh, there are other countries there. I'm not. I'm not exactly sure. Yeah, and then they had a lot of the the locals inside helping too. So I, I, I always kind of interested. Maybe I mean, how do you know they're not Taliban? You know, disguising as a local. So who is in your chopper? Get collecting intelligence. Who's in your chopper? Uh, a lot of the French, like Pierre Turgeon, uh, a bunch of the French guys. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Now, were people excited to see you? Like, if you're going with, uh, like, 
Turgeon. Yeah. You would say, like, uh, your hockey car doesn't have as much stuff on the right. back of it right. as Turgeon's does, right? Yeah. So, like, when you get off of the helicopter and these bases and then everyone's like, oh, like, some some people are coming to visit me, you know, like, they're supposed to be celebrities, and then Bushy walks off yeah. the Oh, yeah, yeah. Is there a lot of disappointment? Yeah, well, I don't know. They, they, like, they seem to like they're tough guys for some reason. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. But, uh, but no, they, they, and, and for the ones that didn't know me, you know, they... Uh, they got to know me a little bit, and oh, yeah. uh, they still know, appreciate you being there. Oh, right? absolutely! There are so many people that just appreciated us being there and just you know talking with them, just breaking up the right. daily mo- monotony of what they're doing every day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. which is gets old. And, you know, they're oh. doing it seven days a week, right? Oh so, yeah, they probably like it if uh, if if we came to visit them, just because <laughs> it'd be like just a fresh, yep. a friendly just fresh face. face, right? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So, um, yeah, and then we uh, played some ball hockey, not at the Fobs, but uh, and then you know the MMA guys came down, a lot of guys from Brantford. I uh, went down there and they they put on a fight uh, down oh, yeah? at the hall. Real one? Yeah, all real. They were sanctioned fights. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So they, they and they were all focused on a way there on a the plane ride there. They didn't talk to anybody. They had their headphones on. They were completely focused on what they had to do when they got there because their counts carded or their fights found uh, counted on the cards. Yeah, yeah. And then um, Arlene Dickinson, she was a guest speaker. And and uh, what bands went down? Uh, Default was one of them. Um, Tim Hicks was just recent. Uh, Madeline Merlot, she's a new up and country singer. Um, wasn't uh, there like? Uh, wasn't there? Oh, um, oh, I can't remember now. 2010. I can't. Was my tongue. Glass Tiger. Uh, that was one year. Not right. when I was there, but they were there. Yes. Right. The yeah. ca- Glass Tiger. Do you remember that? You remember Glass Tiger? Is Glass Tiger the Rocky song? Uh, no, that's uh, that's uh, the the, the that's Rocky. Eye of the Tiger. That's, that's Eye of the Tiger. Totally. That's Survivor. Survivor. Yeah. Survivor. Yeah. 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 Then there's a concert at night. Yeah. Yeah. Of the band, the different the, the bands that go. Bands play, yeah. Yeah. And the Carpet Frogs, right? Carpet Frogs. Yeah. They were there. They were yeah. the they were the house band or the yeah. the band for Burton Cummings. That's right. Take Velvet Burton, Voice of Winnipeg. Take away Burton Cummings and you got the Carpet Frogs. Yeah, yeah. They played at Bushstock. They did. Yeah. They did. They played at one at one of your concerts. Yeah. And. Uh, so I, I, all in all, like you went back, obviously, like spy or camel spiders and and uh, all those things aside, you just keep going back, right? Yeah, yeah. So no. it's like the motorbike thing. It's the risk is it, the re, the reward you get from doing it. It must outweigh the risks Absolutely. involved, right? Yeah, it's it, it's uh, interesting to say the least. Yeah, you, you learn give them support. You learn what they're doing and what they're doing for us and the sacrifices that they're making. And we come back and we share the stories and let you guys know how hard they're working for us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I really appreciate uh, I really appreciate you coming in uh, this week, Ryan. Uh, it's something I want to do for a while, and I also appreciate you listening to the show every week. I really do. <laughs> I really do. Thanks for having me, Pete. And you eventually, really appreciate you keep playing your cards right. You're going to get to be listening of the week eventually. I know it's coming. I know. I think it's gonna it's gonna happen for you. So uh, thanks listener again. Of the year now. <laughs> it's been a year. Listener More prestigious. Year. <laughs> well, the big hundredth hundredth episode is what we're working on in the future. We're working on a big live show for the hundredth. So. We're hoping. I think that's in November or something like that when we get to it. So wow. we hope we have our act together by November. Uh, a couple of big hits. So there's the, there's the, the the one big single coming out from Nocturnal Emissions is just we wrote a bridge last week. Oh, We're yeah, ready we to did. go on awesome. it. It's yeah. about to come out. It's gonna be. It's gonna be the the. I think the feel good hit of the summer. <laughs> it could be. If we if it we can get be. this thing out, it could be the feel the, good hit of the summer. New feel good hit of the summer. Oh yeah, you'll hear all the boats going through the channels at Turkey Point, just cranking the new Nocturnal Emissions song. It's hot. It's oh, hot. it is. Can a we great... get a teaser, Bozy, or what? I'll just give a little riff, just the beginning of it. 
might sound a little bit like Tom Petty, but we are giving him a writing credit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So if you'd like to uh, reach out to me, uh, there's a number of ways you can do it. Please tell a friend to watch the show so we can kind of get more people to listen to it, I should say. And uh, if you'd like to, uh, give me some feedback at livefromthedutchhallgmail.com. Otherwise, you can like me on Facebook. Follow me on Twitter, Dutch Hall on Twitter, or follow me on Instagram, Dutch Hall on Instagram, and uh, Periscope. You can always watch some bits and pieces, whatever Pine Grove's internet will allow us to do. Yeah. Uh, other than that, uh, see you next Thursday, CUNT. Let's hit it, Mikey. That's going to be dangerous. That's on. Yeah, it'd be good. Get the going kids.